Hello, I'm Laura Castleton, U.S. Head of Portfolio Construction and Strategy at Janus Henderson Investors. Is a brighter future possible? At Janus Henderson, we think it is. For 90 years, we've worked to help clients achieve superior financial outcomes and fulfill our purpose of investing in a brighter future together. We know that this means our thinking and our investments are helping to shape millions of brighter futures for the next 90 years and beyond. To learn more, go to JaniceHenderson.com. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Wednesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla at the New York Stock Exchange. Kramer and Faber at CNBC's Delivering Alpha Investor Summit in New York today. And what a day to have that conference. So futures swinging green here as the Bank of England blinks. Says it will buy long-dated bonds to calm markets. And meantime, Hurricane Ian does look to hit Florida potentially as a Cat 5. The 10-year today retreating from 4% overnight. Our roadmap begins with the global contagion risks. The Bank of England stepping in to calm markets and investors closely monitoring Seven Fed speakers set to cross the tape today. Plus, uh, is Plus consumer, consumer demand waning? Apple reportedly backing off plans to increase production of its new iPhone 14 line. And Carl, as you know, shares are moving lower ahead of the open. We're also going to talk a lot about Biogen. Those shares, they are up sharply as a new study shows this experimental Alzheimer's drug dramatically slowed progression of the disease. Carl. Guys, uh, you're there at Delivering Alpha, already underway. Uh, and Jim, there's going to be no lack of ammunition in terms of conversation today. Yeah, it's very interesting, Carl. At five after five, uh, it looked like a crash. The only area that it held up in this market yesterday was the NASDAQ. And obviously with Apple down almost six points, of which I'm going to refute later in a few minutes, uh, there seemed to be no uh, way that there could be anything other than the final collapse, September collapse of this market. And then uh, we got a, another country's <laughs> another country's currency, uh, another country's bank plan, another country's buyback uh, of uh, gilts that suddenly changed everything. And I'm going to argue, David, that we, all, while attached to that country, are not necessarily being dictated by it, even though the two years seems to have reacted to it. Well, uh, to your point, uh, the Bank of England said we're dysfunction in this market to continue to worsen. There would be a material risk to UK financial stability. This would lead to an unwarranted tightening of financing conditions and a reduction of the flow of credit to the real economy. Hence, we're doing what we have to do to make sure that we maintain stability. Now, this is the a rebellion by uh, one authority versus another. Uh, at Bank of In- England, Carl is basically saying that whatever the country's doing, we're going to save the country. Now, we all know that the pound is collapsing. We all know that the euro is collapsing. So this could be something that if you're very attuned to the fact that the dollar's been straight up, maybe it changes the tune. Maybe it changes the narrative of where we are. Uh, maybe. Uh, dollar index got to 114, uh, highest in 20 years again. Uh, Euro hits 95 cents. Jim, when you're hiking and buying bonds, um, I mean, I heard the phrase policy cacophony a lot today. Actually, Bank of England actually canceled a speech uh, for uh, today about balance sheet reduction. I mean, what's that doing to risk premium? Well, I think that what it says is maybe someone around the world is saying that this whole uh, tightening venture is beginning to make it so that we are going to be in a worldwide recession. Uh, can you imagine 
if a Jerome Powell just said, you know what, we're done. I mean, the markets would take off. Of course, that's completely the opposite of what we keep hearing. And yet the two-year, Carl, which is my barometer for what the Fed is going to do, has moved down in interest rather radically after moving relentlessly toward what seemed to be five. David, you know the two years been in charge, not yes. the Bank of England. Um, so I hesitate to say, well, the Bank of England's calling the tune, and we do have a Federal Reserve. We do. We do. And we have pointed out um, for a number of sessions now that it is the bond market that's in control. And that on those days when we're seeing yields higher in the two-year and the 10-year, we typically will see a, a market that is lower. And the reverse right. obviously happening today. I continue to try to check, you know, are there any blow-ups out there? And you've asked right. this question as well, Jim, right. because in a period like this where you have these, uh, these incredibly intense moves, whether it be in the pound or in the bond market, uh, you do wonder who's been caught on the wrong side. So far, I'm not hearing anything substantive that would indicate that there's anything to be overly concerned about. But it's certainly something that a lot of market participants are aware of and watching. Well, we have to emphasize that if you have very short treasuries, you can borrow against them and you can buy all the two-year you want, which seemed like a terrific, terrific idea when it was at three and a half before the Jackson Hole speech. Now, we have to understand, Carl, the Jackson Hole speech is, is, is really seminal. That little, the, the just the little sentiment from Powell which just says, you know what, this thing's way out of control. And that caused the uh, two-year to blow out. And whoever was making that terrific trade to buy the two-year has been destroyed. But we don't know who it is. Yeah, we don't know who it is. Um, Other than me. (laughs) Carl, of course, it's not like we don't have other news as well that we're watching this morning, including uh, the Apple news, which I know Jim wants to talk about, (laughs) uh, which is based on a a Bloomberg story at this point. in terms of them not increasing production to the level that they previously indicated. So they were going to go up by 6 million units in the second half of the year. Now they're not. So they're going to stick with what is what a name to produce, I guess, Carl, 90 million uh, overall units, but stocks down. Although I saw Jim tweeting about uh, this Morgan Stanley note, Jim calling it more bark than bite. Right. Well, you know, Morgan Stanley's been the best. And a lot of people say, but well, wait a second, Jim, you know, that's that, that's Katie Uberty and she's no longer in charge. But I'm looking at it. Pulse initial iPhone production headlines more bark than bite. I spent a tremendous amount of time last week when I was on West Coast speaking both with uh, suppliers off the record, but also with a major phone company off the record. And while you may believe uh, that Apple's suppliers are talking to Bloomberg, any supplier that talks to Bloomberg will immediately be cut off. Uh, Apple's made that clear to me numerous times. And the reasons why I have consistently said to own Apple, not trade it, is that every time I get one of these stories, I am told by people very high level uh, in this whole process that anyone who talked to Bloomberg is fired. Now, Apple's the largest company on earth when it comes to this. So why would you risk being fired by having an off-the-record discussion, which then becomes on-the-record with Bloomberg, unsourced. Not only that, but one of the the main reasons why there has been tremendous demand is that ATT and Verizon are desperate to keep their customers, given the fact that T-Mobile has kept its pricing down. So it may be entirely possible that someone wants to spread a rumor to get Apple down, which would be, David, exactly if you were a, uh, let's say, somewhat nefarious, 
you do in order to break the Nasdaq. That's true. Although I, you know, I've built my 35-year career on hoping that people will talk to me when perhaps it's not always in their best interest to do so, Jim. So right, but there is I'm not one... necessarily in the habit of, you know, no, but criticizing others' journalism. We've seen stories like this in the past. Well, you that's are my right. Point. Oftentimes they are sort of a misdirection. Not right. always. I, uh, I and spoke. in this case, I would point out there are positives in this as well, where they're cl- claiming that higher-priced iPhones are actually selling yes. at a more rapid clip than the uh, than the lower or entry-level right. versions. Now, I did speak to three Apple suppliers, uh, all of whom obviously are afraid to talk to me about it, and all said, please, Jim, just go with the status quo. This is the opposite of status quo. So, Carl, what happens is, again... I'm not saying that there's some vast conspiracy to move the Nasdaq lower. I am saying that as of last Thursday, I have different information. It's entirely possible that this weekend, which included, by the way, David Rosh Hashanah, may have been the weekend that Apple finally lowered the boom. But uh, it certainly wasn't lowered by Thursday. And by the way, let's make clear, Thursday night, where the information was still good. It's entirely possible things changed radically but not what you've heard. As of Thursday. Right. Although they're not talking to you, those suppliers. No, no, they're not talking to me. So but they're they, mute, but they shake their heads, yes or no? Um, <laughs> I endlessly ask this question, and I endlessly say this could be um, the make or break for, the, for Apple and for the NASDAQ. Right. And what I get is, Jim, there's nothing happening, meaning I'm not going to be quoted as saying there's nothing happening, but there's nothing happening. As opposed to saying, you know what, I see a dramatic shortfall. Now, Carl, you know that there's probably, in the 22 years that I've worked with the network, I probably had to refute these stories maybe a dozen times. But maybe (laughs) this is it. Maybe this is the one that finally brings Apple down. Yeah. I mean, we we joke about it when, say, Nikkei runs a piece. But, I mean, I I don't know whether you feel it's any different when it comes from a, a service like Bloomberg. Well, my problem is, is that I'm talking to the suppliers, too. Now, you know, it's entirely possible, again, that by them saying status quo, that they could be in on it, in on the conspiracy to make me be, feel positive about Apple versus the conspiracy to be negative. But if you look at the Morgan Stanley note, you know, Morgan Stanley's been right the whole way. And Morgan Stanley, when they say more bark than bite, what they're saying is, look, there's nothing really new here. And, David, that's what I'm saying. There's Understood. nothing really new here. Understood. And your point on Verizon and AT&T is an important one as well. Anybody you mean the who panic watch, that they're Anybody who watched football over the weekend, it's just endless right. ads for the 14. Right. Uh, which obviously would conceivably help in some way marketing for the phone Are you itself. saying it's hands down, Verizon? <laughs> that's a little joke on the Hans Vesper. Hands. Hand. I, I, never, I never get tired of hearing him say Hans' well, look, name, We, we watch these ads. Carl, which shows you that there's basically a plan to make it so you have these. Uh, I did pull up with T-Mobile. Uh, T-Mobile's having, you know, they've got a lower price than everybody else. And T-Mobile is not afraid to say that things are good. No. Well, things well, have been better for them than they have for their two competitors. Carl? Yes. No, I was just going to say, I mean, Morgan Stanley's point, Jim, as you know, is that it's demand for the Pro and the Pro Max. That's offsetting weaker demand for the uh, the regular 14 and the 14 plus. It doesn't alter their view. It doesn't imply any downside to our iPhone shipment forecast for, for either Q3 or Q4. Well, what's important is is that um, as of two weeks ago, the focus was that the, the Pro Max is selling incredibly well. Uh, 
and that that's in keeping with what is being said. And again, I mean, it wasn't like anyone said that the regular 14 was doing better than expected, but the 14 max is doing better than expected, as are the uh, watch, as are the the buds. You know, so David, when I look at all this, how about I, I how about I revert to Shakespeare? Okay, please. I always enjoy that. Give me a little of the bard. What do you got? Much Ado About Nothing, <laughs> which, by the way, was a completely second-rate. Was it second-rate comedy? Yeah, and when you yeah. look at the comedies, which, of course, I studied, I know not excelled have. in. Yes. What are you rate number one? What, of the, of the comedies? Yes, yes. I don't know, Mary Wives of Windsor? Really? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Not sure I know that one. Well, it's just, hey, listen. You learn something here every day at Delivering Alpha, don't yeah. you, Carl? Including, you know, ranking the uh, comedies. King Henry the Fourth, Part Two, is the best history. <laughs> uh, uh, brush up your Shakespeare, as we like to say, guys. Speaking of which, um, yes, what does the yes. day look like? Uh, what's the day look like for you guys over there today? Well, it was supposed to crash earlier in the morning. It's so hard to get to have things crash at five and then uncrash it uh, at nine. Are you doing anything here today, in terms of interviews or anything? I don't even know. I'm doing here. I mean, I know you're here with me. Well, no, but, but you, I, have, I, you know, I got John Gray and I, oh, uh, yeah, Meredith. good, good for uh, you. Um, I had Spartan National last night uh, and Whitney uh, Wolford. Yeah, no, sorry. Can I just explain oh, you, something? Yo, this yeah. is on Mad Money Carl, last night. Yeah, yeah, Carl. There's oh, you a, were, this was your investigation of grocery prices, trying to figure out inflation. Right. There oh, were, what did you find? I found that there were forty-seven thousand increase to try to get prices up. Spartan National, one of the largest wholesalers in the country, but the Costco. And I've confirmed this, Carl, is calling every one of the companies that raised the price of their food and any of their goods and saying, you told us it was steel. You told us it was corn. You told us it was beef. And you know what? We're done. You're rolling prices back. And this is from Rich Galanti, who's the CFO. So if you want to know who's holding the line, it is not Mester. okay? It is not Brainerd. It's not Pal. It's Galanti. Okay. And gelling it. It's Costco. So go to Costco and you're going to get the prices previous to the pre-pandemic. You get pre-pandemic prices. So, Carl, I think it's important to recognize that some companies like Costco have more clout in the trenches than J-PAL. Yeah. Uh, B of A has got an incredible chart of commodity-related, consumer-related commodity pullbacks. Avocados off the highs, down 60%. Cotton down 35, uh, pork down 24, hogs down 16, beef down 15, Jim. I mean, those uh, those retailers are trying to preserve some margins, you could argue. There's a lot more well, to get to today, including... Well, I was last night. The, the guac's the same price. We have to look into that. <laughs> we'll talk some Biogen soaring on this Alzheimer's drug news. We'll talk some Lyft as well, DocuSign, Paychex, GM. Ten-year almost back to 385 as futures are still in the green. Don't go away. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, 
and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com/activecash. Biogen is soaring in the pre-market. It's uh, the company and its Japanese partners saying their experimental Alzheimer's drug dramatically slowed progression of the disease in a study, reducing cognitive and functional decline by 27%. Jim, we've talked about what a tough nut this is to crack. Uh, Dr. Gottlieb on Squawk this morning seems to think it is. it does slow cognitive decline. Well, uh, this is something that I think the government would pay for, which is what's really important. Uh, I, I, Dr. Gottlieb also talked about Lilly. I think that Lilly's is better. Uh, done a lot of work on this. Um, the chief spokesman for the American Brain Foundation and for the American Migraine Foundation, AMF. And we believe that these do effectively roll, bla- roll back plaque. And that Lilly, Amyloids, right? Yes, yep. and that Lilly does it better. But uh, just rolling back plaque is not enough. Right. And this, we still this don't very- understand the connection necessarily between the amyloids and the progression of the exactly disease. We only right. the scientists seem to believe that they're connected. And therefore, if you can prevent the accretion of amyloids, you can stop the progression. Now, Lily said the they can. Now, do you think that the CMS, the government will pay for this? I, you know, Jim, listen, for uh, viewers who perhaps are having deja vu here, I mean, Aduhelm is on the market. It's a drug from these two companies that was met initially with great hope. And then not because right. the data didn't support it. And then surprisingly, to go back, remember, the FDA did approve it only to find that the government would not actually pay for it. No. And Aduhelm, they basically stopped right. marketing. That was the last therapy that these two companies had that they said did slow the progression of the disease. Although, again, the data was very uncertain on that, Jim. So it's, is it surprising to you that shocking. there's an almost 50% increase shocking. in shares of Biogen? Uh, and I'm telling people who are members of this of the CMC Investing Club that this is time to take profits in Biogen and roll into Lilly. Why? Because Lilly, where are we on the Lilly data? Have we received anything similar to what I have, we've heard from Biogen? I have my on own this? sources, which indicate it's, it's better. Okay, but they have because not they yet. Have more than, they have not yet given a primary endpoint being met or anything like that. No, but there are, this the the rollback of the plaque. Yeah. has already been established and done well for Lilly. It's other things that matter. The reason why I feel more, uh, I'd say, more comfortable recommending Lilly is because they have an actual drug that reduces weight. Yes, right. That's a completely uh, that's a diabetes separate drug. Yes, but that may be the biggest drug of all time. Right. So if, in fact, they're not successful in attacking Alzheimer's, it's not as though it's a bet the company kind of thing. No. We can go back and take a look at Biogen shares. I don't know. I mean, it's in years ago, the enormous run-up. When it, we got the initial word, I remember being on set, the three of us talking about this is a, a potentially huge breakthrough. And by the way, it is. We're talking about a disease that is insidious, as we all know, that affects so many different families and that conceivably would lead to what might be the largest selling drug in the world, Carl, should we should it be approved and actually be found to be effective and paid for in part by the government as well. Uh, yeah, huge story, uh, and has been as we've been trying to hammer out some of the wrinkles, as Jim says, about payments. Uh, coming up well, this morning, obviously remember, a very special you have to edition take it for 20 years of delivering Alpha. We'll get Kramer's Mad Dash. We'll count down to the opening bell. Take a look at futures here. Uh, we'll keep our eye on Hurricane Ian and some of the stocks that might uh, be hurt or benefit actually from the landing of that storm. And of course, delivering Alpha this Wednesday. Uh, live shot of the stage here. Roger Ferguson among the speakers. We'll bring you some headlines. Back in a moment.
With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. All right, we are back uh, right here at Delivering Alpha for a special Delivering Alpha edition of the Mad Dash. Where do you want to head here? Well, you know, things have been negative. You agree with that? Uh, Yes, I I have a keen sense for the obvious, as I like to say, and I've noticed things have not been great. Now, have you bought land away from New York, to be sure? I do have some land away from New York. Okay, then good. Then we're both protected And it's actually on a hill. Oh, even better. Okay, so you can ring fence that. Yes. But perhaps maybe we should take the fence down and... Think of what Matt Boss said today. He is talking about Nike, mm. one of our favorites. Now, yes. he is overweight Nike, so you could say, well, give me a break. But he's saying it's seven multiple turns versus where it was before the pandemic. In other words, that Nike's gotten to the cheapest, basically, he's ever seen it. Now, one thing that has not worked are any calls which say that something has gotten really cheap. Nope. However, when I read through the Nike piece, I say to myself, you're basically saying that China's done. And, and, you know, that China's not done. And I think that the idea... Wait, done or not done? I'm not following Oh, you. I'm saying that the idea that Nike sales are finished in, in China is a big mistake. Okay. And uh, I just think that, well, there are a lot of things now happening, David. If, if China were to end the lockdown, which is what's supposed to happen after the plenary convention... Or at I least think, that's, that's something you've heard as a possibility. Yes. That once she is elected for life, right, then he will no longer have his reputation at stake in terms of maintaining zero COVID. Now, Dr. Brilliant, who was the uh, the consultant for the movie Contagion, which I urge you not to watch, um, did say that the best that their uh, vaccines are about 40 percent. Right. You talk about that as well. Well, but this you, is the so-called super right, Back to Nike event. in China. Well, just I just think, well, no, I'm just saying that when you look at Boss's piece, what he's basically saying is that this is not the end of China. He's overweighting it. He's saying 130 target on December 23, price target based on 27 times our uh, calendar year 24, which is pretty much what it's been. And I just think that this is a piece that I regard as calming. It's true, but you raise an interesting point, which is you can have many analysts who point to a lower P.E. as a reason to buy. But in a period like the one that we are currently in, Low PE doesn't, or lower or cheaper doesn't necessarily work. We're looking for touchstones, David. Every and day I, I see stocks get I cheaper. I lack them. I feel like it's Hamlet, which, yes. by, by the way, was the best of the tragedies. And, uh, you know, I think that we have to start thinking of other Shakespearean references, including the fact that As You Like It may have been the better comedy. I want to correct myself. All right. So as you like it, I like Nike. We got we got a lot more from uh, Delivering Alpha and a lot more for you from Squawk on the Street. Opening bell, in fact, just a few minutes away. Stay with us. We mentioned the turnaround in futures this morning on the heels of Bank of England. uh, But we'll see if that holds, Jim. You know, S&P down six in a row. We haven't done that since the start of covid. And it's happened maybe 20 times since 1950. A year later, 90 percent of the time you are higher. 
Well, we do have uh, the highest level of negativity on multiple different indications, including consumer from Michigan. We also have the SBI slider I follow, which is uh, the lowest since the pandemic low. But we keep getting information, Carly. For instance, VF Corp just now, the major apparel company, cutting its numbers rather severely. 305, 365 goes to 260, 270. David, you know that VF Corp represents the consumer uh, apparel. Uh, vans, a lot of different clothes. And, you know, when you see something like that, doesn't it concern you that the consumer's buying power is slowing? Well, you know, the line is while economic uncertainties persist, we're actively addressing challenges within our business and remain confident in their ability to uh, generate consistent, sustainable growth. But well, Jim, that's North Face. I mean, that's yeah, a household name. You know, in speaking to some people yesterday uh, who advised many companies, I, I don't know that we're going to see in the third quarter a lot of misses, perhaps, but we are going to see a lot of commentary, Carl, about headwinds. Um, although I don't know how often we're going to hear the word recession. Uh, you know, that remains to be a question. Obviously, we haven't moved into the heart of third quarter earnings season yet, though we have gotten a few warnings along the way. Yeah, well, we do have, uh, as of last night, guys, uh, this news that Lyft is going to freeze all hiring in the United States. DocuSign this morning, uh, Jim, 9% uh, reduction in workforce, $40 million charge. Uh, Tom Lee's got a pretty interesting chart. If you looked at conference board help wanted uh, yesterday, uh, 6% off the highs, lowest growth rate since March 21, tends to lead jolts by about three weeks. We'll see if that gets ratified. Well, I think that if you're Jay Powell, uh, you might regret the comments that you just made saying we need maybe we need more multiple hikes. Kind of reminds me of 2018 when he didn't realize the strength of his words and he caused the market to uh, uh, go into a tailspin that he had to then change his attitude not that long ago. I think it's better to speak softly. Uh, no, shut up. How about that? Why doesn't he just stop jawboning? Well, because I think he took rates where he had to go. Will I mean, he stop Carl, talking we, now? Because that really is not I doing can't much know. I don't know if he's going to stop talking. He's got you a, seem to know everything he's else. He's got a family. He talks to them. <laughs> Those are great people to talk to. You don't have to talk to everybody else. Carl, mortgage <laughs> applications have now decreased another 3.7%. A uh, 30-year oh, yeah. fix is now 6.52. I hear it's going to 7. Uh, obviously, uh, we have a, a housing crisis in that you, you're going to be having a very hard time getting a mortgage. Rates have now doubled from a year ago. Now, what has to happen before they say, you know what, maybe we ought to just wait to see what a 7.08% 30-year fix does? Because, remember, those rates are, may not be available. I mean, David, one of the things I've learned that when you have rapid rate increases, mm. that means you get turned down. But if you have cash, you might want to buy. Yeah, but not a lot of people buying houses right now, right? I'm in a transition moment in housing yeah. where I am fighting the idea of getting seven for a new property. Excuse me? I'm buying something. You are? Yes. Now? Yes. Why would you do that? Well, because I thought rates would be dramatically lower. <laughs> Carl, okay. we can't be right on everything, all right? I mean, I didn't think they'd be seven. I thought they'd be four. I thought they'd be five. I thought they'd be six. Do I hear seven? Do I have seven <laughs> ones? How about eight? Can I go you to eight? Running everything. I nope. can play this game. He wants it. Powell wants to do it. I was a professional auctioneer. Nobody's I see perfect. eight. I see eight in the back. How about nine? I've about seen nine? you. No, we're not going to get to nine. I've seen you do an auction, Jim. It's pretty amazing. Uh, but you're right about that. Well, Refis, 22-year low. Uh, and we, we did Kay Schiller yesterday. First decline in a decade. So uh, definitely some wood getting chopped if you're the Fed. 
right now, if you're really serious about all of this, then Powell probably wants it. You need another 30% decline in housing if you want to call deflation. I mean, sometimes what I think Powell's looking for is actual, genuine deflation. David, deflation means a radical pullback in everything that you've bought in the last two years. Now, what That's is he- not going to happen. Oh, and we all we oh really? thank you, Mr. Seer. We're just going to stop going up on inflation, it, aren't we? Is no, that the goal? he might may want deflation. Now, probably the problem is that thirty-four to forty percent of our fertilizer comes from Russia, Belarus, yes. and and Kiev. Yes, you know, like, well, Ukraine. So the problem right, with that's that Ukraine, is Ukraine. That's not what Russia. What does he? What what's Powell's plan on food? I don't think he has one. Really? I don't know, Jim. Does he? Carl, the problem with food is somewhat out of the Fed chief's control. Okay, see? I got it right, Carl. Food I got is, the answer right. Food is something we all participate in. So that's one of the major intractable problems. Now, a lot of people are criticizing my view that what he really wants to do is lower wages. But the, yes, people, the a lot critics, of people criticizing that view. But the critics are wrong. Oh. Uh, because what he said over, you know, he doesn't want job hopping. He does not want people to go from getting 15 to 17. And I've got news for people who are thinking about that. I spent a lot of time in the restaurant business, Carl. And the one thing I can tell you is it's a heck of a lot easier to get waiters and cooks than it was one year ago. Wow. Jobs I, galore. Yeah. Uh, Jim, as for the, uh, today's open, galore. Uh, Apple's yes. going to be our biggest S&P laggard, followed by all the suppliers, yep. Jim, uh, even with uh, the caveat that Morgan Stanley tried to point out. Well, I mean, Morgan Stanley's been right a lot, but what I what I am concerned about is, I mean, we have an announcement from Qualcomm this morning saying that things are on target. Uh, if you take a look at my show last week, we had several companies that said Qualcomm's that made are on some target. interesting moves in automotive. Of course, John they had Ford a very big meeting, on meeting last Thursday. week. I mean, it's, they are moved much more aggressively in terms of becoming the sort of the digital platform, trying to move to thirty. Automotive create a Tesla outside of Tesla. Well, that's for GM. These, yeah, uh, GM. Now GM. When you speak to Kyle Vogt, who does their car, autonomous cars, he's saying that that's a bit of separate. Mm-hmm. But Carl, we are seeing companies frantically trying to get away from cell phones. And being uh, rechange their their status because they see that China is not buying the cell phones. Right. So it's not a growth business. No, it's not. Not, a growth not at least for the supplier. All right, we uh, Apple, of course, we mentioned down three and a half percent. We hit Biogen, but it's worth coming back to and Lilly because I would note, Jim, that Lilly shares are up six percent. So, to well, your point made earlier in terms of their attempts to address Alzheimer's. Lily is benefiting this morning, although, again, I'm relying on Jim here because he's followed it much more closely. They have yet to release no, data, not ready yet. right? They're up 28 They were up $28 um, at $530. What was up $28 at $530? The stock of Eli Lilly. Oh, Lilly was up more. Okay. Uh, yeah. Meanwhile, Biogen is advancing by almost, well, now it's about 38.7%, uh, again, on what would be amazing news for those who are suffering from this horrible disease and the family well, members uh, uh, who I, do, which is the idea that if uh, you were to take something, again, 27%, but that's better than zero in terms of actually uh, arresting the progression of the disease or slowing the progression of the, of the disease. We'll have to wait and see. We've been down this road before with Biogen to some extent, uh, and it didn't particularly end well. Well, I know no one wants to hear this, but the studies that have been successful uh, involve taking it far earlier so that you prevent Alzheimer's rather than if you have it already. Mm -hmm. And that means one of the reasons why the government, I think, has been reluctant, Carl, is that you're talking about perhaps even taking it 20 years before you have it. 
and you have to see your bloodlines. Are there people in your family who've had it? Right. So, My God, the costs would be astronomical well, potentially would, for the government. It would be more than the I think the tuition saving. Yeah, four hundred billion is what the CEO yeah. said over ten years. Um, Guys, a couple of other stocks to watch. I mean, Twitter, we always want to come back to every day. Yesterday, there was that three-hour hearing uh, in in front of Chancellor McCormick. Um, We haven't gotten rulings yet. There's a lot of back and forth here, sort of to try and sum it up. I mean, one of the more interesting things to come out of it was that Musk's own data scientists did not back up his claims on the bots in terms of how many or what percentage of accounts are actually bots on the platform. Uh, it was used in open court, although we hadn't heard it before. So that was interesting. Uh, and you can see what's happening to shares of Twitter. Remember, this does not move on the economy. This does not move on the, with the market. This moves on the likelihood or lack of likely or lack thereof that this deal will be consummated at 5420. So when you see it up, that's because more people believe that that is more likely uh, today than it was yesterday. Well, it's um, very important, David, because you know the others have just fallen apart. The others yes. in the cohort. And, and we've all be, said I mean, if, in fact, Twitter were to lose and Musk were to be able to get off with nothing or a billion-dollar payment, this stock would collapse. I think that's a fair point. Uh, we can all d- debate where, but it doesn't really matter. It's down 20 bucks at, at least. But that said, Jim... Um, Musk, you know, was using Signal, the the, uh, the the app, the texting app, essentially, that that allows you to do things when they disappear or it's um, it, it can't be hacked in the any way. Can't. Nothing. Right. So and he didn't keep the Signal texts that he did or had. And Musk, uh, Twitter's lawyers are saying you knew we were in litigation. Then you were told to preserve your texts. Didn't do it. Um We'll see where this all ends up. The lack of text messages. They want the correspondence between Gorman, for example, who runs Morgan Stanley and is the key financier, uh, key financing bank, along with many others, for the $13 billion in debt that the uh, Twitter uh, buyout will require and Musk, the, their, their correspondence. Um, and we still haven't gotten a deposition from Mr. Musk. And even though they've said the 6th and 7th, I'm told that's not a hard date, but time's running out here. This well, trial David, starts the 17th. As you can imagine, I pulled up with some key people at Twitter when I was out west. Let's just say that they're ready to work with Elon Musk. What does that mean? They accept him that he's going to be their boss. Oh, they believe that he will be right. their boss. So they're a bit of a resume factory, yeah. but they do expect that Musk gets it. And they're trying to figure out where, whether Musk would want to keep any of them. And I think that that's an interesting point. But, David, I know whereof I speak. They're waiting to work for the new man. Carl, back to you. Uh, <laughs> Jim, I want to get you on uh, Hurricane Ian. Uh, it does look uh, very serious, very slow moving. Uh, good chance of a Category 5 landfall. Maximum sustained winds of about 155 miles an hour. We know about Tampa's vulnerability and flooding. Uh, Wells today tries to compute what kind of comp benefit uh, Home Depot and Lowe's might get. Maybe 40, 50 basis points in Q3, Jim, but they point out that with all the disruptions, the fact that the initial sales are often low margin items, that uh, you don't necessarily end up with a beat on an EBIT basis. Well, these companies uh, are, uh, let's just say they have a heart, meaning that they they offer tremendous amount of services that at, for no cost whatsoever. 
but that if you go back to Hurricane Andrew, it was one of the, you know, talk about really one of the worst hurricanes the ever worst. in Florida. It was the beginning of a multi-year run for Home Depot. So I was with Home Depot in the last two weeks. They didn't need this. To, obviously, no one wants this, that Cat 4. But uh, I think Home Depot is an interesting place to go simply because I've never seen the multiple go down here other than in 2008. And, David, 2008, Home Depot got through it just fine. Yes, it did. Yeah. Yes, it you did. You notice a tinge of optimism that I'm demonstrating. I morning. do. There is a bit of optimism. I think it's because I'm, I'm a delivering alpha. Well, you are. And I am a delivering alpha as well. We are here for the first time in a few years, by the way, in person. It is nice to see uh, people here, uh, both, of course, uh, many guests who are attending. and the people there, Is who that are, Becky Quick? And Yes, that's Becky. No, oh. this is my phone. It's all right. Everyone's here. Yeah. We'll, Everyone we'll, who matters we'll look is for here. for you, Becky, though, but I don't see it. Um, and that was Becky Quick, by the way. But I Mary Erdos from J.P. Morgan was a was a guest earlier uh, as well here. And you have Jonathan delivering. Gray? I do, but uh, I want to focus on Ms. Erdos because, in fact, Delivering Alpha is the name of the conference, and she talked about how difficult it is right now to find Alpha. It's impossible to find beta right now, positive beta. It's actually the easiest time in the world to find alpha. Uh, there, there is alpha everywhere. The, the little title somewhere said, where is the alpha now? It's everywhere. It's in stocks. It's in bonds. It's in currencies. It's in real estate. It's in private markets. It's in public markets. Like It's everywhere because we are in such a state of, of change. Such a state of change, Jim. Well, well look. Alpha's I- all around us. Well, I've got to tell you, David, this conference is more important than ever because I've never seen many people be as befuddled. So you come here, uh, which is not too late, by the way, to come here, and you will find out that there are many people not only who are befuddled, but they tend to have one or two touchstones. And I'm trying to gather touchstones. Becky got her phone. Oh, good. I'm glad Becky found her phone. I like to be as public. You know, I like to be service oriented. As do I. As do I. I stopped the broadcast and try to look for the phone. Um, you can't go without your phone. I lost my phone. Oh, okay, no. I, lo- I lost my phone. I lost my, wa- my watch. It broke at the same time. It was a major crisis. And I had to do everything I can that I even have the old. I had to get the 13 the day before you get the 14. Now, everyone's decided that the 14 is a complete write-off. Let me tell you something. Trying to, someone trying to get the 14? Well, good luck. Well, speaking of, Carl, Apple shares are down 4%. That does appear to be pressuring the Nasdaq a bit, which uh, is a negative territory this morning so far. Yeah, 4% decline on Apple. Uh, Dow holding on to 60 points. VIX awfully close to 34 this morning. Let's get to Bob Pisani. Hey, Bob. Yeah, 34 starts to get a little panicky. 35 is really the level. That's where we were uh, in the June 16th low. So keep an eye on the VIX there. Uh, Two to one advancing to declining stocks, but it has a very tentative feel. That that Bank of England announcement moved futures about 50 points up in the pre-open, but all feels tentative. Let me just show you the sectors. Energy is moving. Of course, we've got a a slight bounce uh, in, in oil, bouncing off the lowest level since January. Remember that. Uh, and I'll tell you what concerns me, the, the stuff that should have a notable bounce. I mean, ARC is doing OK. There's a risk on. Semis aren't probably because of pressure from Apple right now. Metals and mining are up fractionally. So a little bit of a bounce uh, overall, but not terribly enthusiastic, given the fact that we're down six days in a row in the S&P 500. Carl was talking about Apple. Uh, just take a look at Apple and Apple suppliers. And folks, you're going to go many, many a uh, long time before you see Apple was the is the worst performing stock on the S&P 500. And most of the uh, suppliers are also like Taiwan Semi, uh, also uh, uh, on that list of uh, worst uh, performing 
uh, on the S&P 500 as well. You won't see that very often. Of course, uh, uh, on that story that uh, Apple uh, will decide to maintain production for the iPhone 14, not increase um, uh, demand for it. Um, it th- notably, you're getting pushback from some of the big bulls on Apple, some of the big uh, analysts that are out there. Uh, I see Dan Ives over at Wedbush. He had immediate comment out this morning. iPhone Pro demand remains robust on all the data points we see across the U.S. and it's tilting towards 85 to 90 percent mix for iPhone 14 versus 65 percent for the iPhone 13. This means much higher ASPs, that's average selling prices, and a clear tailwind for Apple into FY23 at this pace. So the bulls are still out there. The question is, what are they willing to pay for it right now? And you can see Apple down about uh, $4. S&P 500, well, we'll see if we can hold up here. We're down six days in a row. That is a fairly rare occurrence, folks. Uh, this only happened uh, 20 other times since 1950 to show you how strange things have become. Uh, and for those of you who are worried about what it means, uh, generally, you're higher a year later. Uh, 90% of the time, we're higher and up 20% on average one year later. My thanks to Ryan Detrick for the tweet on that. Thank you, uh, Ryan. Just a little reminder for everybody about how quickly the market can move and how quickly it can repair itself. Finally, Wall Street has a notable texting problem. The SEC called out 15 major firms yesterday. I'm talking about every one of them, uh, including Goldman Sachs and J.P. Morgan and Morgan Stanley. The SEC fined them $1.1 billion. The CFTC fined them $710 million collectively. This is a huge fine. What happened? They uncovered what they call pervasive off-channel communications. What does that mean? There's been an explosion of text messaging in, on Wall Street using apps like Telegram and WhatsApp where you can't essentially see what's going on. They are the firms are required to provide records and keep records of communications between traders in case the SEC needs to investigate. People are essentially using their private phones or uh, messaging apps to essentially conceal what they're doing. The SEC has called the firms out on it. And the bottom line here, Carl, is you are going to see a hammer come down on a lot of Wall Street traders uh, from their firms themselves that are now going to be very much enforcing rules that prohibit them from doing this. It's a clear violation of SEC rules, but apparently it's been pretty lax in terms of the enforcement. That's probably going to change. Carl, back to you. Thanks. We'll talk to you in a while, uh, Bob Pisani. Yeah. Quick reminder, uh, you can always get in on the CNBC Investing Club with Kramer. You can sign up and find out more at cnbc.com slash join the club. As always, we'd like to give you a QR code on the screen that takes you right there. As we go to break, uh, time for the bond report. More Fed speak on the way today. Bullard, Powell, Bowman, Evans this afternoon. And as for the UK, uh, that 30-year on track now for the biggest drop the biggest daily drop in yields going back to at least 1992. We're back in a minute. All right, let's take a look at uh, the Delivering Alpha Investor Survey. Participants were asked where they think oil prices will finish the year. 23% said under $80 a barrel. 74% predicted between 80 and 100. And 3% say between 100 and 120. Where's the 5060? I don't know where the 5060 is. I guess nobody. We're squawking the street and delivering alpha when we come back. Well, I think it's going to take a while. It could easily take through next year. Um, and, uh, and demand would have to fall way off for us to, to, to have the demand side uh, solve this problem. Uh, this is really fundamental to our economy. We have to deal with this uh, supplier at a time. Um, and I think it's going to last for a while. Here we go. 
busy week for cars, and that's going to take us to stop trading, Jim. Well, exactly what you heard is making so that Citi's going from 16 to 13 on Ford. Uh, I find this a little absurd, frankly, because there have been problems the whole way around. But what matters is demand. Uh, and uh, if you sell Ford here, remember, you're selling at a 5% yield. So I'm not a buyer of the sell call. But I do see I wasn't a buyer of the Apple sell call. And I've obviously had the clarion call saying I'm dead wrong. Well, we got City now, Jim, uh, joining in. We believe Apple's order flow remains resilient. Our forecast also unchanged. Well, I mean, I worked really hard on this and and came up with these stories. uh, And I just can't change my mind and say, well, I've read these stories and they're quite different from what I heard with my own ears last week. So, I mean, look, it's entirely possible that everybody I talked to was wrong. But you're talking about a room full of, of people who went to the Red Hot Chili Pepper concert. And no one misses uh, Jim, you that. Got, you, got, you got paychecks tonight, right, with uh, a beat and a raise today? Yeah, but, yes, and we've got this is a transition to a new CEO. And we have got something from Lululemon, which is going to blow people's socks off if you have the mirror. And I think the mirror is not air to the Peloton, better than Peloton, even before Peloton fizzled and became the way that my wife had her uh, undergarments dry. Probably did, shouldn't have said a lot of information. <laughs> a, little t- a little TMI, here. We'll see you tonight. Uh, Mad Money, 6 p.m. Eastern time. They're going to pay for that one. More Squawk on the Street continues after this on Delivering Alpha Day. Drucken Miller's on stage right now uh, saying the Fed made a mistake, BOE acting inappropriately. Uh, NASDAQ flat with Apple down 4%. Not easy to do. We're back in a minute. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.